You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Who's enjoyed the Stronger and Deeper series so far? Last week we talked about prayer and why we do it. And this series is really all about the why behind the what. Who knows when you're a kid and your parents are like, go to your room. And the real question you should ask is why? Why should I do what you're telling me to do? And really what this series is about is unpacking the biblical truth and the cultural reality of why we do what we do. Everyone say, I'm ready. Come on, at the back, say, I'm ready. There we go, church. All right, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet and we're gonna read the Bible together. Is that okay? Come on, stand up, front to the back. I know everyone, you just wiggle your legs out if you need to, loosen up your shoulders. The reason why we stand when we read the Bible is because it is the ultimate authority. We are giving honour to the Word that has come from heaven to earth This Word is transformational in its very nature. It's illegal in some countries. So we've got to honour the price that is being paid and the truth that is found. So everyone say Amen. Amen. Alright. Now today's message is about the power of praise. So there may be points throughout this message where something on the inside of you just might wanna slowly make its way out of you. Can I give you permission to respond to the Word of God? You can respond, church. To the Spirit of God, you can respond. You can actually respond to what's happening around you and encourage those in front of you, behind you, next to you, because your faith can raise their faith, can raise their faith, and we can have an atmosphere of faith. Shall we read together? Shall we see what happens when we read together? I don't know about you, I'm slightly nervous that it could get a bit out of control at church today. I'm a bit nervous that the Holy Spirit is gonna give people a revelation of how good God is. I'm a bit nervous that breakthrough is gonna happen in church and we might just get a bit carried away. Psalm 150 verse one, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him from the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing and with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the clashing of cymbals, with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If you have a praise right now, lift it up. Yes, Lord. Ah, come on now, church. Say everything. Everything that has breath. It doesn't say old breath or young breath. Come on now. It doesn't say 
healthy breath or bad breath. Come on, can I get a witness out there? It doesn't say rich breath or poor breath. It doesn't say happy or sad. It says let everything, everything, everything. Come on now. In the good time, the breath in the good time will praise. The breath in the bad time will praise. Everything, everything, our praise to You. Someone say, yes! Oh, oh, because when everything gives praise, when every breath, what happens is, you start to change the atmosphere of what's around you. And all of a sudden you start talking about a miracle worker. And then someone goes, hey, I heard about a miracle worker. Someone says, hey, ah, you start to praise Him for His being a restorer. And then someone down the road says, I heard there's a God who restores. When everything, everyone, Rich, poor, black, white, Australian, English, every breath, every tribe, every tongue. If we don't, the rocks will. If we don't, the rocks will. Everyone, one more time in the name of Jesus, lift him up. Lift him up. someone next to you and say, let's do this. Grab a seat, church. I am so glad there is an atmosphere of faith and breakthrough in the house. You gotta help me preach today, is that okay? Online, you've gotta help me preach today, is that okay? Yes. All right, from the front to the back, if something is stirring in your spirit, do you know what happens in our lives? I've seen you watch football. I've seen you with your kids. I've seen you go out to the club and the bar. And what happens when something stirs you on the inside? What happens? You sometimes get up and you're like, hey, oh, hey, today, let what God is doing on the inside come out. If you wanna shout, preach it. You shout, preach it. If you wanna shout, amen, my friends, shout, amen. If you wanna stand up, stand up. Because sometimes, what God is doing on the inside has just gotta make its way out. Hey! Speaking of make its way out, there's a lot of saliva on this microphone right now. That's why we removed the front few rows. We need one of those salad guards. Yeah, the spiritual splash zone. That's what Pastor Rafaro said. Good luck, young adults. Come on now, everything that has breath. Oh, this isn't about a socioeconomic situation of breath. It's not about a health situation or a financial situation. This is about people of God responding to the God of the universe. That's why it's in everything. It's not just in everything, it's in every time. There is no time in your life where God is not worthy of every breath. No matter whether you find yourself on the mountaintop or in the valley, His worth does not change, my friends. Someone say, He is worthy. Say, all the time. 
He is worthy. I've been, uh, have the privilege of doing various bits of praise and worship for over 20 years. I know, I don't look a day older than 20. Thank you so much. I feel a day older than 80. Uh, I'm getting tired. I'm not, I'm come on, praise God, everything that has breath. I've got to preach to myself now. But in that time, I've had the opportunity to be a part of lots of worship services. And you know, we see lots of funny things. Yeah, you know, I'm talking to you. That person who's just mysteriously turning around in worship like this, like you've been caught by some kind of Jesus whirlwind. We don't know what's happening. But there was this one time, band, you can go. Otherwise, I'm just, we're gonna, maybe we should just keep going. Keep going, stay up here, band. Sing as you can go. Sorry, band. Uh, hey, do you know why we need to keep going? Because the Word is gonna make a way. But tonight at 5.30, we have our worship service and we're gonna not just pick up where we left off. God is gonna get honoured in a new way. He's gonna get praised in a new way and we're gonna move forward, amen? So one time I was uh, work, worship leading in Germany. Any German speakers there in the house today? I know we do have some online. One, oh, God bless you. And I'm sorry for what I did in your country. Um, and I was worship leading and um, what happened was, there's one of our songs and one of the lines in the song goes, the miracle's coming, the miracle's coming. And I tried to be really clever and learn that line in German. And the line was meant to be the miracle's coming, the mirror faith moment. And you know how worship leaders and sometimes they like do a few different moves, but one of the very common moves is this weird point and worship move. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, I'm singing, the miracle's coming. Miracles coming. And what happens in that moment where I start singing it in German and I can't quite remember, but it's something like, don't, don't correct me if I'm wrong, because I am, and trust me, I, I was then and I am still. I start pointing at the back with my worship point and I start singing, das Funde ist often And I'm thinking, I'm singing, the miracle's coming. I'm like, everyone's gonna, I'm doing it in German. I'm so clever. Ah. Well, I realised something's wrong when in the middle of that moment, everyone goes from worshipping and everyone opens one eye, looks at me, turns around and looks at the back of the room. There's a few moments that are great as a worship leader when you see people getting breakthrough and encouragement. One of the moments that I think are best avoided is saying things in other people's languages and not knowing what you're saying. As it happens, I was pointing to the back of the room, singing with all the conviction in the world, sweat dripping off my face, passion, crying out, saying, the miracle is over there. The miracle is over there. Half the crowd just turn around and go, I'm out of here. Wherever that miracle is, I'm going, you're on your own, Ghana. I'm one of the worship pastors here at Audacious Church and we love worshipping with You. We love hearing Your voice, watching Your breakthrough, Your encounter. Your faith is changing the atmosphere and creating an atmosphere of faith for those around You. So never stop, okay? Never stop worshipping, never stop praising because the reality is we are all worshipping all the time. The question that we must ask ourselves is who are we worshipping? Your phone worships, your finance worships, your heart worships, your money worships, your attitude worships, your language worships. You see, whatever you put above something else, you are worshipping it. Worship isn't a playlist on Spotify. 
Worship isn't a playlist on YouTube or any of those other ones which no one's really on. Wow, there are some worship music on there, but that's not worship. Worship's not even music. Worship is how you respond, who you put at the top. Who are you exalting? Who are you raising up? Who are you saying this is the most important, most powerful, most precious, most praiseworthy thing in my life? And everything you do is telling us who you worship and who I worship. Your life worships, Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You see, everything worships. There's a lot of things out there that want your worship. But what we do here is we put God first. Can someone say Amen? I've realised it's real easy to say Amen here. It's not so easy to say I'm putting God first when the overdraft kicks in, Amen. It's easy to say I'm putting God first in my health here when there's an atmosphere of faith, but it's not always so easy when you're in the waiting room, waiting on a result, Amen. But what worship is, is an outward expression of an inward transformation where we're saying, God, despite what is happening, I'm choosing to put You first. I'm choosing to put You first. That's why we laugh when people come up to us and they say, I don't really like that song. Good news, we're not singing it to You. Oh, sorry, Jesus of Nazareth, I didn't see You there. That's not really my style. It's cool, we're trying to honour and glorify the King of all kings. I'm sorry if your preference doesn't line up with that. Oh no, I just lost some friends in the room today. I've got some more jokes, I'll bring you back, I promise. You see, when we worship, worship isn't about us in one sense. God isn't waiting in heaven thinking, I hope they sing that song that I like. He's not so insecure that He's sitting in His throne in heaven saying, oh man, I wish they would raise both their hands, not just one. Come on now, God isn't insecure wanting us to engage with Him. He desperately wants us to engage with Him because something supernatural happens when we worship. You see, God doesn't change when we worship. We change when we worship. When we actually go out of our way and say, God, I'm gonna worship. He stays the same yesterday, today, forever. The Alpha, the Omega, He ain't changing. But when we say, God, I will worship, all of a sudden we change. Our position changes, our posture changes, the atmosphere changes, but God stays the same. Someone say, He's the same. Yesterday, today and forever. Amen, but my friends, we change when we worship. Thank God we do, but not only do we change when we worship, it changes the atmosphere around us. Can I tell you an incredible story in the Bible account in Acts 16 verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Shall we just pause there for a moment? We think what we do when we're in church is the most visible thing in our lives. I'm telling you, 
The biggest impact you will probably have is not when you're at the pulpit, but when you're in the prison. Because what people wanna see is what do they do when it all goes wrong? Are you hearing me? Will He still praise in the prison? Shackled, will He still praise if He's unwell? Will He still praise if He's broke? Will He still praise if He doesn't have what He has? They're watching Paul and Silas, they're shackled and chained and what do they do? They begin to sing. They begin to praise. They begin to worship. And those around, those around in their prisons, in their heartbreak, in their hurt, in their impossible, they begin to hear the sound. And they're like, well, we saw Him preach on Sunday, but now I'm seeing Him in the prison. Oh, see, I saw Him preaching when everything was going good, when, when the job was there and, and when the family was all, all right. But now I'm seeing them sing when they're in prison, seemingly no way out. And yet that faint song begins to raise up the prison. We know the end of this story. We know what happens in the end because as the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone, say everyone's. Everyone, say everyone's. Come on at the back, say everyone's. At the front, say everyone's. Oh, not someone's, everyone's chains. We read this account, we know, because we get to read it, we know that their praise led to a miracle happening and freedom. Paul and Silas didn't know that. Paul and Silas didn't get a little knock from heaven saying, hey guys, I'm gonna do this cool trick. Now it's gonna, it's gonna suck because you're gonna be in prison and stuff and it's gonna be awful and it's gonna be horrendous and gonna feel like there's no way out, there's no hope. In fact, you might wanna just completely give up on everything. But if you praise me, I'm gonna like let you out. That conversation never happened. What Paul and Silas do is they look around and they say, everything isn't as maybe we planned. Uh, maybe everything isn't quite as good as I hoped it would be even. In fact, I can't really see a way out of this. But we don't just praise because we wanna get something from God. He's the same, He ain't changing. Yesterday, today, Alpha, Omega, beginning, He's God. But what happens when we praise? We don't just praise the God who breaks the chains, we praise the God who's looking at us while we're in the prison. He's worthy whether we are free or shackled, whether we're healthy or sick, whether we're happy or sad. He is eternally worthy, worthy to be praised. We cannot always control our circumstances. Anyone else learned that the hard way? 
Oh man, you can line up all the things in a row and still somehow you trip over the first thing, smack your head on the second thing and then the four other things are out the window. We cannot always be in control. There's a lot of things, come on, anyone else know that we're in kind of an economic crisis at the moment? Some would say we're not really in control. There are bits we can do and we can change areas, but we can't always control. We're finding ourselves like Paul and Silas. What do you do when you're out of your own control, but you still find yourself captive to your circumstances? The Bible says this, it says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. You cannot always control the circumstances that make it easy or difficult to praise, but the thing that we have ultimate control over is our hearts. We see that beautifully as Paul and Silas in their physical circumstance abound, but in their hearts, they are free. What happens when your heart is open and when God is in your heart and gratitude and worship is in your heart? We saw it at the start of this message and in the praise today, what happens when God is in your heart, something ends up coming out, Amen. And it doesn't really matter whether you're in the prison, on the pulpit, in the praise pit, in the car park, in the office, in the house, in the living room. It doesn't really matter where you are because yes, I can't always control my circumstances, but I have control over my heart. We're a church that not just worships as we dance and celebrate and jump and there's an external thing. But what happens in the external is because of what God has done in our hearts. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's gonna be okay. Turn to the other person and say, He's worthy no matter. What I wanna challenge you is if you know God and you've been changed and transformed by God, one of a few things should happen. One, if He is in your heart, then something needs to come out. A shout, a song, a dance. I'm tempting someone right now. A praise, a worship, a gift. Honour, if He's in, then that will come out. If He's in your heart, that will make its way out. Come on now, anyone here got kids? All I can tell you this, if your kid eats Lego, what comes in is coming out, my friends. This is true. If God is coming into your life, then out of your life, praise will come. Come on now, if He's coming in, He's coming out. So I've got to ask. You either need to let Him out a bit more, front to the back, you, you, you need to let Him out. You need to take some of those pressures off, expectations of what others will think, blah, blah, blah. You need to take some of that away and just say, I'm gonna let what's happening on the inside come out. So there's that, that could be you today. And we're gonna have time to do that. But also you might be, the reality is there's not enough coming in. You, you need to let Him in. The Bible talks about that He is looking for worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth in John 4, 23. And what that means is this isn't a, we're not playing and pretending. What happens is He comes in and then it comes out. And maybe today you need more of Him to come in. 
guarantee once it comes in, God will come out. There is an outward expression of when we worship. I was preaching at a youth camp once and uh, I, it was out on the hills in the country and I drove up and I see all these kids walking around with their hands in the air. And I'm thinking, come on now, this place is gonna be an atmosphere of faith and miracles. And as I'm getting closer, I'm driving in and I'm looking and I realise that they've just all got their mobile phones trying to find signal. I'm like, okay, there's some work to be done. There is an outward expression when we praise and when we worship. I'm gonna dance, I'm gonna jump, not about young or old, it's about everything that has breath. There is an outward expression. But there is an inner change that needs to take place. And then what happens on the end must come out. Kings 19 verse 11, the Lord said, go, and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle, He wasn't in the wind or the waves. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the whisper. Now, Rach, I'm gonna need you to just turn your volume down because otherwise, because what happens is when we whisper, always when we talk, what you're hearing is someone's breath and it's getting shaped by their vocal cords and the sound is coming out. power of a whisper is that you only hear a whisper when everything else has been stilled. You only hear a whisper when everything else is quiet. When you say, I know there's not, there's an earthquake, there's a wind, there's a, there's a storm, there's stuff going on, but God, I need that whisper. Ever since Genesis, God has been whispering to us as He breathed life into us, His breath, after Jesus' resurrection, the Holy Spirit breathed this breath, this whisper. God wants to talk to you in a way that only you can hear. He wants to whisper to you. He wants to speak to you. There is a shout, amen. There's a praise that is a shout and there's a gratitude because sometimes you just gotta say, hey, Oh my gosh, God, You are good. I'm gonna dance and celebrate. There is a shout, but my friends, there is a whisper. But there's always a response. People may not always understand why you're doing what you do. Anyone else got friends or family that say, hey, maybe chill out on the church stuff a bit. I remember it from being in high school, my friends saying, Paul, aren't you getting a bit obsessed? 
Aren't you getting a bit carried away? Then I heard it in my first jobs. Then I heard it when I moved countries. Then I heard it in my career. Paul, maybe if you just did less of this or gave less of your money or if you spent less of your time and people won't understand, can I get an Amen? Come on now, not everyone will understand. They won't understand who He is to you. When I was a friend, when I was a friend, I'm not anymore. So leave me alone. When I was a kid, I was about 16, 17, and me and my friend, we took his car out and we used to um, go four-wheel driving out in the woods and stuff. Now, the problem with this was it wasn't a four-wheel drive. Can I get a witness? So this one time we went out driving at night, it was probably 10, at the, 10 o'clock at night when we went out and we went out and we went out into the pine forest in the middle of nowhere. And lo and behold, you know, I was never the wisest of young men. Don't say you aren't now, I'm feeling that in the room. But when we broke down because our car got stuck in the sand, we get out and our hands and knees, we're digging it, it would have been about midnight by now. Of course it starts to rain and you're like, God, you had one job and it starts to rain and we're getting covered in mud. We can't get this car out. We end up walking home for about another two and a half hours and we rock up at my friend's house at about two in the morning. This is the times before mobile phones and children health safety, amen. So they didn't know where we were going. They're like, well, he's not here, so it's not my problem. So we rock up and we bang on the door. We don't have keys, we're teenage boys. We will wake you up when we want. So we bang on the door. They answer, they open the door. We are covered head to toe in mud. And me and my friend and his mum answer the door. We look at each other and we just start laughing. His mum says something which I think in hindsight is a pretty reasonable question. She says, why are you laughing? Have you seen what you look like? Have you seen the mess? Have you seen the carnage? Where's the car? You lost the one good thing you had. Why are you smiling? And me and my friend are smiling because we're thinking if you only knew what I have been through, I may be covered in some mess and some muck. I may not have it all together. I may have lost some stuff on the way. I may be a bit dishevelled and a bit undone. But if you knew what I had been through, if you had seen where I was and where I am, then you would be smiling, you would be praising, you would be celebrating because of who He is. He's taken me from where I was to where I am today. Oh, my friends, people aren't gonna get it. People won't always understand why you are the way you are, why you love Him the way you love Him. They won't always understand why are you smiling even though the circumstances and you can stand in confidence and smile. You can smile in the prison. You can praise in the prison. You can hear the whisper on the mountain because you know, oh my God is faithful. If you had have seen where I have come from to where I am today, He is the provider, the healer, the miracle worker, the way maker. He is the rock and the refuge, my hope, my comfort, my counsellor. He is my ever-present help. I may be dirty, but I am safe in His arms. Oh.
Right now, why don't you everyone in this room just stand up. We're gonna finish in a moment. I'm gonna read a quote from Charles Spurgeon and it said, it is easy to sing when we can read the notes by daylight, but he is the skillful singer who can sing when there is not a ray of light by which to read. He sings from his heart and not from a book that he can see because he has no means of reading save from that inward book of his own living spirit from where notes of gratitude pour forth in songs of praise. Why do we do what we do? Why do we praise the way that we praise? Why do we worship the way that we worship? Will we do it? For a few reasons, we do it because of what He has done, Amen. If you could see why I'm like this, I'm smiling because of what He has done. You don't get it, I get it. It seems crazy to you, but He has taken me from a desperate situation and He has put me in this place and I am praising Him because of what He has done. Now that's one reason, another reason why we praise Him is in eager expectation. We praise Him for what He is going to do. The miracle that is on its way. We praise Him because we say, God, You've done it before, You can do it again. God, You saved them, You can save me. You healed them, You can heal me. So yeah, we praise because of what He will do. But if there's something that I want everyone to leave here with absolutely no doubt in their mind, despite of what He has done or what He will do to come, the reason why Paul and Silas prayed, why you praise, why we praise, isn't about what is done, isn't about what He's gonna do. We praise because of who He is. Because of who He is. Not about us, not about our circumstances, not about our hopes and our dreams. We praise Him because He is the ultimate authority. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is mighty God, Prince of Peace. He is the name above every name, high and lifted up. He is the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, and He is our Saviour, our Comfort, our King. He is our Jesus. So today, and I'm sorry I've gone a little bit over, but I blame you church, because someone's got an Amen coming out, someone's got a praise coming out. Someone's responding, not because of whether I'm in a good or a bad place. You're just looking up to heaven and saying, you know what? He is worthy, He is worthy, He is worthy, He is worthy. I don't know, I don't know what happens next. I don't know where I'm gonna go. I don't know, but I know He is worthy. I know He is worthy. I know my soul, He is worthy. I can't necessarily see, I can't necessarily understand, but He is worthy, He is worthy. The challenge is to let what's in come out. Your praise and your worship can change the atmosphere around you. It can change your workplace, your family, it can change your office, it can change where you're sat in church right now. 
Some of you need to spend a few moments this week and today reflecting on how good God is, how faithful He has been. Some of you need to spend some time getting that in so it can come out. Start to practice the language of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, why don't you just say this? Thank you, Jesus. Say it again, church. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now, this isn't hype. I'm just saying thank you. I'm just saying thank you, God. Oh, I'm thank, thank you for the cross, Jesus. Thank You for my health. God, thank You for where I am. Thank You for holding and loving and forgiving and accepting. Thank You for Your mercies and I'm waking up with Your grace that is new. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Come on, now's not the time to get quiet. This is for you to say thank You, that whisper moment. Just say, thank You, God. Thank You, Jesus, I love You, I honour You, I glorify You. Thank You, Father. But come on, come on church, don't get quiet. Let it out, let that whisper grow. Let, that, let it come out. Jesus, we thank You. Begin to thank Him for what He has done right now. Change gear, say thank You that You've saved me. Thank You that You've healed me. Come on now, if you've had a miracle, you should begin to say thank You for the miracle. Begin to thank Him for what He has done for you. Come on, you, you don't know the mess I was in. Well, say thank You to Him. Begin to stir up that gratitude. Say thank You for what You've done. Thank You for taking me, for holding me, for comforting me. Alright church, now we're gonna change gear again and we're gonna thank Him for what He is gonna do. This is faith now. If you're believing He's gonna change your family, save your friends, if He's gonna break through in your health or your money, you begin to thank Him in advance. Say thank You God, because You are the God of the impossible. You're the mountain moving God. You're the ocean parting God. Begin to thank Him for what's to come. And in a minute, begin to thank, thank Him God for what You're gonna do for what you're gonna do. But Jesus, right now, we just wanna thank You for who You are, God. Yes! Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.